Okay guys, this one's a little bit unique. It's entitled, If I Gave Your Graduation Speech by Uncle Chad, or If I Gave a TED Talk. I was asked to try a TED Talk about 10 years ago, and I just didn't really understand the idea, so I didn't do it. Wow, talk about blowing it. I mean, just saying. If you know anyone, I'm 100% up for doing it now. It did, however, spawn one of my dozen or so book ideas that lie on my laptop half completed. Wow, I mean, this article's already started poorly. It's time for me to start finishing some stuff up already. The book my head was exploding out was tentatively called Tips from Uncle Chad. And although it never came to be, it has spawned hundreds of notes and papers and lectures and really is probably the driving force of how Be Awesome came to be in the first place. I remember I was around 30 at the time. I had no kids of my own, but I seemed to relate well with them through my clinic and coaching, personal training, and the ever-burning desire to never grow up nor get old. So here's how it all went down. A 17-year-old girl was in my clinic having her elbow and shoulder looked at. She was discussing how much everything hurt, but it came through quite clearly how emotionally down she was. Not from her pain in her arm and shoulder, but from the pain of having been dumped the night before the homecoming dance. Her joy and happy anticipation of a great night was shattered by some punk 18-year-old. This dude had crushed her. Her dad was in the chair in the same room looking over his cell phone at stocks or emails or whatever it is important for business class suit and tie wearing guy. And without even looking up from his phone, he told her, you know, that high school stuff, prom, boys, friends, homecoming, whatever, none of that stuff's important. Boom. My head nearly exploded. I mean, here I was caught in the middle. It was a crazy time in my life where I had friends that were parents, but I also had friends that, had ki- that were kids in high school and college. I remember one trip I took to a lake house and my wife and I weren't sure if we were the guests of the kid or his mom. We spent most of the weekend with a recently graduated high school senior and his fifth grade sister playing, but we had a glass of wine with the mom at night. I mean, at one point I distinctly remember shouting, don't tell your mom during the disastrous jet ski incident that shall forever remain clouded in controversy. I mean, what kind of adult says don't tell your mom to a kid, but that's where we were in our life. So back to Uncle Chad. The idea of that book was to be a mediation between the young adult world and the so-called real adult world. The homecoming dance? Really? Not important? It sure as hell was important for that dad back when he was in high school. It was for me, and it certainly is for his daughter, maybe the most important. And so was high school football. My hairstyle, a new pair of Jordans, and a super pimped out red leather Adidas jacket that sprang my mom to the cool mom status before all my friends. And really, What about what she thinks and her dad stuff? Do you think she really cares about 401ks, stocks, deadlines, bills, and how much per month the iPhone costs? I mean, not really. The importance and relevance comes from where we are at that particular time in our lives. And not to brag, but I still think I have a really strong grasp on this concept and I do a great job being between the back and forth of all the age groups. I have to be to survive my career. I have a career of working with kids this age and still putting food on the table as a parent in my adult life. I think the idea for the book is still super strong and it's needed. I would make it rich in sales and it would be on the bestseller list, but alas, now I'm older. I'm not the in-between anymore. I have kids and I'm no longer the age where the whole idea comes off non-hypocritical and now comes off cheesy. The book just isn't now what it would have been then. So okay, let's move on with this podcast. I'm not going to talk about what's important to a high schooler and emotions and all that. I'll pick one topic I know you get pressed on from, oh, I'd say sixth grade on, 
with the emphasis as you get into your late teens all the way through high school and adulthood, getting stronger and stronger until retirement with always an ever-increasing pressure. The topic, your job. Yep, instead of a bunch of Uncle Chad's rules of life, you're gonna get the chapter about this generation and what are you going to do after high school? This is what I would pick for my TED Talk, or if I was asked to be the commencement speaker for this year's high school graduation class. It's just a few tricks of the trade from someone who isn't your father, but maybe has some years of experience and a unique slant on life. I hope you all had a real-life uncle like this to call on. I did, and I still call my Uncle Tom for ideas and advice all the time. If I was to speak to the graduating class, here is what I would profess. This generation, at this time frame in the United States, is sitting in maybe the most remarkable time frame in history. The way the world works, the information available, the internet, the speed of conversation has taken the third planet from the sun and, in essence, made it a small village. We are able to communicate ideas, thoughts, even emotions and opinions instantly with whomever we want. The technology and speed of development means a new world, but not something you're uncomfortable with or at any means foreign to you at all. You've grown up with it. It's not the weird at all, or modern, or futuristic. It's your norm. The fact that in your pocket you hold a device that can instantly access any and every song, any written word, and all the pieces of literature that have ever been written on the planet's history, as well as act as a flashlight and problem solver, an alarm, and it can send pictures, take pictures, and contact famous celebrities. What, this is what my grandmother calls the greatest invention to ever be invented in history. And that's just a phone, brah, no biggie, chill out. I mean, I left mine in the locker. It's unique where you are in the world. The United States is so incredibly blessed and amazing that we are virtually all without true social stature, maybe for the first time in history. Most every person in the U.S. has a home, a car, a phone, and a job. Look, it's not perfect. 300 million people cohabitating cannot be perfect, but you have to have some degree of stubborn, a lack of willpower, or a mental condition to not be doing okay. I mean, I'm not an ostrich with my head in the sand. I understand the dichotomy of more or less money and power. It's real. But step back a second and look at it from your great-great-grandparents' standpoint. Or perhaps a nomad in Africa a millennia ago. He was scared of being eaten by a lion. Is that a better visual? We have it so good. I mean, ask yourself, honestly, like I do my kids, what do the rich guys have that you don't? A phone? Shelter? Food? I mean, most of us in the U.S. are fat. How about access to health care in a real hospital? Nope, we got that. The water safe enough to drink? Look, guys, we're from the USA. We have it really, really good here. I understand there's a difference between a Ferrari and a POS 1995 beat-up Mazda, but they both get you down the road into work. And really, what does the real money get you anyway? In the U.S., big-time money is going to get you a bigger house a bigger car, maybe a newer phone, or the latest and the coolest. I mean, it's nice, but it's not necessarily a huge status deal. There was a day when a 50-inch TV meant something. Man, that guy has money. But today, they are all at Walmart for $200, and they're 70 inches. In my high school, when guest jeans came out and a $100 pair of Jordans was a status symbol, I mean, you were balling if you had that brand. Now? Brands? Really? I mean, they're certainly still cool but not so much necessary to fit in. Does anyone you know truly care what brand of jeans I'm wearing right now? Or how about the guy that sits next to you in third period chem? I mean, an old beat up pickup is retro, 
That's cool to drive now. I'm not saying social status isn't real. For God's sake, when I was your age, I was captain of the team and I was super jock. I'm hyper aware it's real. I'm just saying it's way overrated. And at the next step, as a college kid or a worker of a trade or as a young adult professional, it is way less important. The social lines between the have and the have-nots are certainly blurred more now than ever. No one really cares about clothes, cars, ethnicity, race, what music you listen to at all. Friends that are different than you, I mean, that's what makes life interesting, and you guys get this. So what does a blur in social status equate to? My hypothesis, yours will be the first generation in history to reverse engineer your trade, work, and career. There are a few reasons why. My hypothesis is many of you will pick lifestyle over money as your driving force. And the dividends of this are going to be huge. Back in my day, that's the, my old guy voice. Anyway, my high school counselor, college advisor, and influential adults I ask when I was your age would push me to get a high paying job. You're gonna make more money. Like the money would bring the happiness and fulfill all my wishes. Okay, hold on a second. This blog is not money doesn't equal life, rah rah forum. Uncle Chad won't lie to you guys like that. Money can really help bring fun, more toys, trips, and other means of satisfaction. Money is important, but it's not like it used to be. Your generation is going to reverse engineer all of this. So first, imagine the lifestyle you want. Is it sitting on a beach, the ability to go surfing whenever you want, or the ability to go on a hike in the mountains and sit on a rock watching a rainbow form? Is it foreign trips or watching every single time your kid gets up to bat and t-ball? A happy family that plays together? Maybe that's your thing. I mean, it could seriously be G-Wagons and a 10,000 square foot mansion. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not telling you what your goals are. You do whatever your thing is. But really, for a second, think in detail whatever your lifestyle should look like. Don't make money come first. Think about how you want to live. Now, what does that take and how does it take to make that happen? My idea is a lot of you have seen that for many, the money and the power doesn't make you happy. It could be your parents. It could be the rock star idols you look to. And even our political leaders, they share openly on Twitter how miserable they are and how mad they are. They are an open book. So I'm guessing you guys will opt out of the big money and mourn for the freedom. If you want the freedom to live your life and play with your kids and travel, it's gonna take being flexible in work hours. It's gonna take the ability to communicate mobily. And maybe you'll have to invent a job that can do that. Maybe you'll share information, who knows? As a job, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do with this entire podcast and website anyway. Share information and make it a job. Some facts are concrete, however. You will need to make money and you'll most likely will have to work for someone. I mean, even me as a chiropractor, I'm self-employed. I work for my customers. So start to figure out the hows, the whys, the cost, and you'll most likely come up with a much more focused and exciting path. This idea that you hear of you'll never work a day in your life if your work is something you love to do, it's a lie. A lie, Stephen. It's still work. And if you love it and you own it, you'll work harder for it. But work can still be fun. And that's the difference. When it's fun, it's not drudgery. So be okay with work. Don't think you have to be a baller that never goes to work. The guys that you know that are balling, the millionaires, the rock stars, the singers, the athletes, they work their butts off. The idea that your job hasn't even been invented yet, now that's real. Grab that 
you invent your job, modify it for you, or do an old job in a new way and write your ticket. Now here's the second reason your generation has hit the jackpot, because not all of you guys can do that. Not everyone can be the one that comes up with a billion dollar idea. So here's my second thing. You can survive and thrive if you have a skill set. It's not just for the doctors and lawyers anymore. I mean, man, those guys put in tons of hours. The vocation, the trade skills, they are at an all-time premium. No one knows how to do anything anymore. For instance, I can't fix my washing machine when it breaks. The guy that can, he charges me $100 an hour to do it, and I'm happy to pay him because I don't possess that skill set. Welders, plumbers, electricians, they have got me one-upped on everything that they do. If you have a skill, you own something that fewer and fewer people have, and fewer get it every year. The way up the success ladder is just to show up to work every day and pass a drug test and you're rocking. To add to this, if you're a cool bean in a business that is not usually considered desirable, think of every episode of Dirty Jobs Ever, well, even better, because the competition on the least desired jobs is much less. So it's way easier to become an expert or even world class, and the best get to charge more. If you don't believe me, ask around. I knew a big wig with over a million dollar a year job at an oil company locally, and he started out as a grunt turning valves with a hammer. As the years went along, he showed up every day. He didn't skip work, he didn't do drugs, and he didn't show up an hour late and hungover. He developed a reputation as a doer, and he worked his way up the chain. All of a sudden, wake up, and he's the top guy in the totem pole. He knows every nook and cranny and how to do every single job. Better still, he knows how to do it better than anyone else, and he has a track record of actually caring. Eventually, he's older than the managers that are hiring him, and they realize he has to be the boss, and so he keeps going. He understood true discipline. This guy makes over a million dollars a year, and never once did he tell me he was the best. He just had the discipline in a time and a generation where it's at an all-time low, in the corporate and in the vocational world. You need to understand, my generation and the older one than me, they have this idea that you guys are a bunch of slackers. I mean, is that true? Don't lie to yourself. Figure out if your generation really is slackers because it might not be a bad thing. If it is true, if your generation is lazy and won't work or show up or even better for you, that will. I mean, look around. Can you be better than the person sitting beside you? Can you be better than your classmates? I'm telling this generation, we have it so sweet in the U.S. that just getting up and going to work every day is going to land you in a heap of success. It's that easy. The people that you are competing against are not going to do it. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to need to put in your time. You most likely won't hit the lottery that you think is waiting for you or land that NBA career that pays $100 million. But hey, you don't have to be a millionaire by 30. And more importantly, you don't need to because you can get all the stuff that you want for way less than the millions. So insert the applause and the square caps flown. I just nailed graduation, bang. So let me reiterate my points. You can be a success a number of ways with your future employment. First, figure out what is important to you and what you really would like to have and how you want to live. Now make that happen. Having the goal of making a million a year, it's just a goal. It doesn't get you anything by itself and it's just an arbitrary number. Get a real idea. Now how do you get there? I'll offer two ways. Reinvent work, invent a new idea or information or a way of repackaging it. Go for the big shot and nail it. You guys have the tools and the ease way better than my age. Just get a job and show up as a second way. Just work. 
the majority of the employees are going to quit, fail, leave, or change, and you'll all of a sudden be the OG. Write your own ticket, guys.